Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. The views and opinions of this show are directly those of the hosts and its guests. It does not reflect the opinions of its affiliates or its sponsors. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens... When the mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view, <laughs> something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratooth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we are talking with Angela Wicks. She's an acquiring editor for Body, Mind, Spirit titles at Llewellyn Worldwide and is the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Unicorns and The Secret Psychic. She's a certified medical Reiki master, ordained interfaith minister of spiritual healing and lifelong intuitive medium in training. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Angela Wicks. Angela, welcome to Parachute Radio. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here too. So we're actually having you on uh, to discuss your book, The Secret Psychic. Uh, one, I, I guess we'll start it off this way. Like the word psychic is a term that is often used uh, in a very broad sense. Uh, so if you can, for us, uh, can you just define the word psychic? Um, I would say that psychic is the ability to access um, information in ways that we don't normally with our physical senses. Okay. The book is called Secret Psychic, and in the book you explain that, but uh, for our listeners at home, what is the Secret Psychic? So the Secret Psychic is someone who is working with these abilities, or they might just be beginning to discover them, and they probably feel like they can't share about this with other people. So they're exploring this kind of in private and a lot of times um, when you start beginning on this journey and learning about these abilities, it can be really overwhelming, but also really, really awesome. And so there's kind of this dual self that starts, um, you know, exploring you like you want to shout from the rooftops about the things that you're starting to discover. But then there's this other side of you that feels like, no, it doesn't feel safe to share this with other people right now. And so um, there's kind of this fight within yourself. Okay. And so like, what kind of, what is something that uh, like a newly developed or someone who's developing these psychic abilities, what is something they would normally notice that they're like, Oh, maybe I'm psychic. I should explore this. Um, so it's really individual. So the way that our abilities tend to sneak into our lives and start to make us become aware of them just naturally, it tends to be different for each person. Um, for me, for example, I started hearing 
things from spirit. And so for me, a lot of the way that things started coming to my own realization or how I started becoming really interested in things was I would hear um, messages from spirit, but then I would also start to hear um, thoughts from people around me where I would hear full sentences before people started speaking them out loud. And so it was very obvious that I was actually experiencing these things. It wasn't just my mind making them up. Um, and so then there was just that natural question to my mind of like, why is this happening and what can I do about it? Um, and that's how I started on my own journey. But other people might, they might see things or get flashes of images in their mind that are part of a psychic message or a lot of people, um, this one is a hard one to nail down, but a lot of people feel other people's feelings or take on other people's emotions. And this is another one that's very, very strong for me, but it took a really long time for me to start to be like um, more aware of like, you know what, I'm feeling this thing, but it doesn't quite feel like it, it's my own thing. Is this coming from someone else? And now I can kind of trace it to the source and figure out, oh, this is a psychic connection. This is their thing. I can kind of let it go and let them deal with it. <laughs> Something that I've noticed, uh, and this is people I've talked to that, that don't identify as psychic as well, uh, is no matter who you are, if you go into a store, uh, let's say it's a crowded store, um, everybody will pick up on people's negative emotions. Almost everybody that I've come across will say, wow, I feel gross after being in here. I have to get out of here. Um, but is it a little bit different? Uh, the the em empath in, in a psychic is a little bit different than just the normal person? Or is that everybody kind of connecting to that empathic ability when they're having those feelings? Um, I think that everyone has that ability, that empathic connection. I think some people are just a lot more sensitive than other people are. And um, like what you're saying, usually it's the negative that starts making you aware that this is something that is real and happening and that you're connecting to. Um, and I think part of that is because the empath and really all the psychic abilities in a big way are a part of our connection to everyone. And so, especially with the empath ability, um, you might be experiencing things. I give the example where I had a dream one night and it was just um, event after event after event where I was witnessing different types of trauma that my friend was going through and I woke up the next day and it just like bothered me. So I, I gave her a call and it had been a while since we've been in touch. And after talking with her and just being like, hey, do you want to get together for tea? It's been a while. I had this dream about you and it made me think of you. Well, after we had this discussion, I realized that that night while I was having that dream, she was going through a really difficult time. And um, it was just my empathic ability tapping into our connection and that she could use a little bit more support and it would be good for me to reach out to her. So in <laughs> with utilizing that ability, a lot of times we are tapping into the negatives, but when we can recognize that it's not our negative, 
we can kind of spin it into a positive. As long as we aren't holding on to those negative sensations, we can move it and turn it into something good. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in terms of being empathic, it, it, it's kind of uh, basically having, being able to feel someone else's emotions, understanding where they're coming from. Uh, intuition, on the other hand, is a little more internal. And I, I feel like it's um, understanding a situation without having the full, uh, all the full details of what is actually happening. Now, this is the question. I'm only someone who happens to be intuitive, but I also struggle with intrusive thoughts. And so I wonder if you could somehow help someone um, by telling them how they can discern what is different or what is intuition compared to what is maybe just a thought or, you know, over excessive worrying. Yeah. So when you are tapping into that intuitive connection, um, it's usually very neutral. And, um, but to complicate it, um, when you connect with that intuitive message, it might as a secondary reaction trigger your, you know, fight or flight, the anxiety types of things. So sometimes you need to kind of cycle back and feel into the emotion that you're experiencing and try to follow it back to the source and the origin of where it came about. And this is something that I talk about in my book. I give some practices where you can learn to become more emotionally intelligent. This is a really important thing when you're working with psychic abilities where you're becoming really knowledgeable in your own energy, in your own emotions, um, and how your abilities function. So you're tapping into, um, at least in this instance, learning how to trace back to what the origin of whatever it was that triggered you. And then once you trace back, you might figure out, oh, this was actually an initial neutral intuitive hit that um, then just triggered my own sense of anxiety. Or you might figure out that um, it actually was your own thought, um, your own anxiety that kind of spiraled into its own thing. Okay. So it's, it's really something that you just have to practice and develop over time yeah. until you're at a point where it's like, oh, that was just a thought or that was intuition and right. then go from there. Okay. Yep. It's funny that you bring that up, Eric, because I have the innate ability to read people's minds and people will always say, oh, you know, get out of my head or how'd you know I was thinking about that? I'm like, because <laughs> I heard you say it and they're like, oh, shut up. <laughs> prime example my wife will uh like I'll, I'll be coming home from work before we had started dieting and i'm like you know what i think i'm gonna stop at taco john's so i'll I'll text her and she'll be like how did you know that's what i wanted for dinner and i'm like because mm, i didn't think it was my thought <laughs> so <laughs> so i you know reading this book i really identified with the word secret psychic because um, you, you talk about it in the book and you kind of mentioned it here where you, you're, you're saying you can't really say anything to anybody about it or talk to anybody about it. Um, you talk about talking to your one friend in a coffee shop about both of your abilities. Um, and then you, you bring, uh, you quote Beetlejuice and, and uh, <laughs> the girl saying, you know, I am strange and unusual. And yeah. believe it or not, 
in this day and age, even though it is still super taboo to talk about that you're you're a psychic or a medium, the paranormal is now the new normal. There are a lot of people that believe in this stuff or have these abilities yeah. that don't want to talk about it because there are still a lot of people that don't like to talk about it. Yeah, I think the door has been cracked open so wide that now we're at the point where we're almost ready to kick it open. <laughs> and I think that's, it's the prime point for when this type of book can come out because people are, it's more mainstream that people are recognizing I'm just a normal person, but also I'm having these experiences and I guess everyone has these abilities, like more and more people are realizing that. And um, giving themselves permission to explore them because they see other people exploring them. And I think that's mm -hmm. really awesome. Right. For sure. And, and yet people still, still seem they, they, that they need to hide it, especially from yeah. like people who don't are in, aren't in the paranormal community or who, you know, maybe it's their core workers who don't follow the same kind of beliefs as, as the person experiencing these abilities. What do you think, in, just in your opinion, the hesitation is there for people to kind of open up and say, oh, this is the psychic thing might be something, or it could be a new normal. Um, I think there's quite a few reasons. Um, as a society, I think one big one is just, um, you know, different traditions have different beliefs. And, um, you know, I grew up in uh, Christianity which I would always test the waters with the elders around me and kind of see like, is this okay for me to share with people or do, do I have to keep the secret? I've always kind of been an observer and assessed my situation to see if I could like expose myself for who I was. But um, I always kind of got the sense that it wasn't really okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that other people get that sense too, whether it be a part of religion or um, just society in general, you know, there's still a long history of um, injury that people are, I, I feel like, living out that energy, you know, the witchcraft burnings, that was a part of um, people exploring nature-based traditions, exploring their subtle energetic abilities, at least in part, and those types of things are still, um, you know, we're still healing that, um, those injuries and learning to explore these things with other people in safe spaces. Um, so, and another reason is that people don't wanna be perceived as having mental health issues if they don't really have them. So, because when you start talking about seeing things or hearing things, you don't want people to assume that, um, you have schizophrenia if you don't actually have it or right, um, right. that you're hallucinating if you aren't actually hallucinating and you're just using these natural, healthy, subtle abilities. Um, that's another big thing that I think people are concerned about being judged or being um, potentially ostracized by people that they love and the community that they care about. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, often when I talk about either online or just to friends about my experiences with demonic entities um, and this whole haunting that I had for three months, the very first question they always ask is really one of two, were you on drugs or were you drinking? And mm -hmm. so many people jump to that conclusion. It's like, 
I mean, no, you know, <laughs> you can't really, no. expl- you can't make them believe it, but you know, it's just, it's crazy to me to think after all these years, I mean, we've been producing some sort of podcast since 2009 or 2008. And so over the years, we've seen this paranormal just expand. So many more people mm-hmm. have become involved and interested. And yet even today, everyone is just so like, I feel like the paranormal, uh, especially the people who, who uh, kind of study it. Um, or what is quote unquote paranormal, uh, they tend to kind of hide it and keep it to themselves uh, because they know if they try to spread it or try to explain it to some people, they'll be blasted for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think in terms of being psychic, especially through like the 80s, 90s, even back in the 50s, there have been uh, significant uh, popular individuals who were quote unquote psychics only to turn out to be cons- uh, found as frauds. Through yeah. various scientific uh, developments and s- people studying into it, which I think makes it even harder for yeah. true psychics to come out, you know, um, and we've met both uh, true psychics and frauds. And it's, you know, it, it, it's hard to differentiate the two uh, yeah. without getting to know that person, you know? Right. right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point of you also don't want to be perceived as being a liar or someone that's trying to con other people. Mm-hmm. That's definitely another point of that fear aspect that people are trying to avoid by keeping things secret. Right. And it's funny you bring that part up, Eric, about people saying, are you on drugs or are you, have you been drinking? Because when we were doing paranormal investigations with the paranormal investigation team on the questionnaire is, is there a drug problem? Is there any type of mental illness? Is there any type of alcohol abuse? So it's, even as a paranormal investigator, even though we probably don't want to ask those questions, sometimes you do have to ask those questions going into a home to investigate. You don't want to believe that, but sometimes you do have to ask that. But in a lot of, a lot of cases, people are still on the very skeptical side of things of, for the paranormal, as a lot of us should be, um, because you talk about people being frauds, but at the same time, you should have that open-mindedness as well to say, hey, look, there's something going on. It doesn't. It truly doesn't matter if somebody is on drugs, on alcohol, have mental uh, uh, problems, because one of two things can be happening. First, they believe this stuff is happening. Secondly, whatever is there, if there is something there, could possibly be exacerbating those things. So it's interesting that we're talking about all of that because it, it it's a two-edged sword any way you look at it. And same thing goes for being psychic. Yeah, you hear these things. The challenge is that <clears throat> even when you get to the point of feeling like, okay, I don't want to stay secret anymore. I really want to share this with at least one someone else. <laughs> um right. It can be really hard to figure out who the safe people are to share with. And so learning how to test the waters is really important and almost becomes a skill (laughs) of um, figuring out the right types of questions to ask that can be perceived as like a neutral hypothetical um, and kind of figuring out oh, I could explore a little bit more with this person Um, or this person, it sounds like they kind of have the same interests as me. Maybe we could kind of go into a discussion about dreams and then from there talk about symbology and then um, 
just kind of expand things from there. So um, learning how to test those waters in that way, find the community that you're looking for, finding the right instruction and tools. That's a big piece of what I get into in The Secret Psychic because um, it's fine if you want to stay secret, but there is that big sense of isolation um, and loneliness that a lot of times people at some point in their progression and their journey um, are ready to move past and they want to connect with other people. So learning how to do that in a safe way, in a way that feels um, really supportive is a big piece of what I get into. Right. And that's great because like I'm in several um, Facebook groups, uh, quote unquote paranormal. And and so we, I, I often see psychics and mediums who will come forth and say, Hey, first thing they say, please don't make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Big words, often bold. And then yeah. they go into their question regarding whatever it is they're experiencing. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of sad really that, that people have to feel that way, that they have to guard themselves and ask mm-hmm. for other individuals who are just jerks <laughs> not to <laughs> tear them down because they will and they and there are trolls out there who will see that and immediately just try to tear them apart and just it's horrible um but i hope that one day there'll be a community where people can just from whatever faith all faiths whatever um can come together and talk about this kind of stuff without blasting each other or making some sort of assumption right right and i think that those spaces are growing and they're (laughs) becoming so many more resources and, you know, this resource that you're offering also, this offers a space too, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, Now, now psychics can, can can really be broken down or that they kind of branch out. There's there's different branches to the word psychic. Uh, You have those who can read minds. uh, Those who are intuitive, those who uh, do palm reading, um, those who are considered medium, very, you know, many consider mediums as psychics. Uh, these are people who sp- communicate with spirits. Uh, one thing that I came across in your book is basically uh, emotions and spiritual uh, communication. And so what I want to ask is how does someone's emotions affect spirit communication or can it? Um, so emotion is really interesting. Um, I'll just give an example. Um, I had, uh, the, with my previous book, I wrote a book on unicorns <laughs> and yes. the day that I launched that book, I was coming home from the event and I was really excited. And a lot of my family members had come to have their books signed and I was feeling really good and, um, felt like I'd had this really great reunion with my family. And when I was driving, I started feeling really emotional. Um, and I didn't understand, I felt like I was going to cry and I couldn't understand where this emotion was coming from because I knew that I felt really happy. And so I kind of kept following that emotion, trying to figure out where it was coming from because it felt like grief. Eventually I figured out it was that sense of grief that I felt, um, after my sister passed away, this really heavy, ugly cry kind of grief. And in following that emotion, I figured out I was feeling it because my sister was trying to connect with me from spirit. And it's just a residue sometimes that I feel this grief of losing her in life when she tries to connect with me because 
you know, she's reminding me of this loss, even though that's not what she's trying to do. Um, and I, in that moment, I realized she was there. And then all my family who was in spirit was there too. And it was like, I'd walked into a surprise party for the launch of this book. And I was just so overwhelmed. And then I was crying just because I was so happy and just so surprised by it. So there's this um, connection with emotion that in that moment for me, I was feeling grief and I could have just like, I don't know, started crying and feeling grief and wallowing in that negative emotion. But because I took the time to follow it and trace it to its source I figured out that this was a part of spirit communication, tuned into that. And then I had this really great connection with spirit. Okay. So that's one example of how emotion can play into connecting with spirit. Now you give a bunch of different exercises and different ways of exploring your gifts and stuff like that in the book. For somebody who's just starting out, who wants to try and open themselves up, what is there like a simple exercise or a simple way for them to just start to explore it? Like, is there a certain uh, um, meditation or anything that you would suggest or anything like that? Yeah. Um, so meditation alone is a really great place to start. And then just allowing one practice that I always recommend as a starting point, I say is learning how to tune in. So you are kind of going into a meditation and you're settling yourself so you're not like listening for music or whatever noises um, or thinking about the time or whatever you're tuning in and centering yourself in stillness and then you're just tuning into what you're feeling in your own energy and in your own body so that's a really good starting point because you're starting to learn what your own energy feels like so that in moments when spirit is connecting with you, you can feel the difference of like, wow, this doesn't feel like me or this thought feels different than what my own thoughts feel like. Um, but then when you continue in, on in that tuning in practice, one way to take it a step further is to tune in and learn your yes and no signs. So you ask spirit, um, what is my sign for yes? And then just see what comes to you. And then ask, what is my sign for no? And then see what comes to you. And then when you have questions in the future, you can use this practice and tune in and ask your, your yes or no question and then see whichever form of that symbol comes to mind for you. So it's almost a kind of kinesiology type of muscle testing practice, but instead of working with your physical body, you are tuning into your, um, your inner vision or whatever um, psychic impression that you might get for it. So for me in that practice, I end up seeing a lotus flower. And for my yes, I see okay. it opening. And for my no, I see it clo closing. But someone else might see like a stop sign for no and a green light for yes. Or you might feel really light and euphoric for yes, and really kind of just heavy and bogged down for no. So there's different ways that you can experience that. Okay. And, and so, so these feelings, is this go along the idea of subtle energy and you're looking for these subtle energies or what is subtle energy exactly in this case? Subtle energy is really just, 
it's what makes up everything. Okay. And our subtle abilities are tapping into that energy. So you can think of it as, um, you know, the subtle version of our more physical senses. So there's the psychic subtle um, version of sight, version of sound, um, version of taste and smell, um, version of touch and feeling. So when we're using those psychic and subtle senses, we're, we're accessing the subtle energy and it's just translating into information. Okay. So I have a question and you've probably been asked this a hundred times. Um, <laughs> I, I've kind of gone through a psychic uh, um, growth over the past couple of years and something that I'm having difficulty doing is turning it off when I go to bed. Um, and the reason I bring that up is, is I'm, I haven't gotten to the point that I'm hearing voices or anything, but I'll have um, the best way I can describe it is tinnitus in the ears. And my, my mentor has told me, you know, that that's spirit talking to you. Is there a simple way or, or a, an easier way for just other than just saying no, which I've tried <laughs> just to turn it off so you can sleep. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> what I would first recommend is what I call downloading your intuitive voicemails. So you could try doing this daily or weekly or monthly for in your instance, since you're already having some problems, I would recommend it more frequently, but it's where you, you sit down, you have a journal and you open yourself up to this, um, your higher self and spirit, and you just say, I'm ready to receive any intuitive messages that have been waiting for me. Like now is the time. And then you just write down whatever comes to you, whether it's like something you see or you feel um, or whatever you hear, or you could just start writing as though you're journaling yourself and just see what comes out um, Sometimes you might have to just start writing yourself and then that energy starts tapping in and just flowing and then more messages will come e e more easily after that. Um, so that's one good way because it focuses in on a specific moment and starts to show your intuition, your higher self spirit, that you have a specific moment that you are going to give to them. And this is the time to be receiving those messages so that it's not happening all the time or at random points. And it starts just programming um, those messages. And then another thing with the tinnitus type of thing, if it's like an irritating constant, like that sounds terrible. <laughs> um, I have practices in the book that are working with setting boundaries with spirit and letting them know like, this is too much right now, let's tone it down, or this is just absolutely not the right time, or you are someone that I don't want to be hearing from <laughs> at all, and only these individuals are my allowed um, spirits or individuals that can be bringing me messages. So setting boundaries with spirit and with your intuition, with your abilities can be a really important piece of self-care. So set up like a psychic visit list if you were in the hospital. Yeah. Or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a practice in the book where I'm 
the way that I envision it is just this tangle of energy um, in the exercise I give. Uh, I say, imagine yourself in this bubble and there are other people jammed in this bubble with you and it's just chaos and you're hearing so much and it's hot, it's just uncomfortable. And eventually um, in that practice, you are expelling everyone from your bubble and there's a line drawn and you individually accept who you want to come back across that line into your space. And then everyone else just isn't invited. Okay. Do you find, or have you found that like spirits tend to try to communicate to people who are falling asleep more often than people who are awake just due to daily, like bombardment of life situations? Is it easier for a spirit you think to reach out to people at night? I I think sometimes that's true. I did go through a a phase at one point um, where I had this stretch of insomnia and I eventually realized that there was a spirit that was consistently trying to communicate with me. And it, my insomnia was resolved after I sat down connected with the spirit and kind of worked with him on (laughs) this issue that he had. And, and not to say that anyone is obligated to do that. Um, Like you can just set the boundary and say, this isn't my deal go to someone else. (laughs) Um, But definitely I would say sleep is, um, you know, our barriers are down and um, it can be an opportune time for them to cause mischief sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting that you say that because this actually just started happening uh, even more frequently after my um, stepdad and father-in-law passed away. They just passed away a little over or about a month ago. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah. And it, it's just one of those things, you know, we've met my wife and I have grown and healed over the, the death part, but I'm still not getting over the not sleeping part. So I'm just trying to figure out to the best way to say, it. okay, I will talk to you tomorrow. Please let me rest because yeah, there have been days where I'll sleep and I'm great. And then there's days, more days than not, where I'm just constantly tossing and turning and it's for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So um, the only thing I can really give on top of what I've already said, after my sister passed away, I, I think insomnia after a loss is pretty common. And I went through that too. And it was after I um, intentionally sat down and did a meditation and asked her to come to me. And we had this whole long communication together. I slept like a baby that night. And it was the first point after she passed away that I actually was able to get some good sleep. Um, so I think taking those opportunities to sit down and allow spirit that time to connect with you and for you to connect with them, um, I think it allows for healing. It allows for your nervous system to just calm down and, um, get you back into like a more healthy sleep pattern. Okay. So when it comes to symbols, um, especially symbols in psychic practice, how important is it to have a personal belief in like a common symbol? And can you give an example of your own personal meaning of a symbol that is commonly interpreted 
differently by other people? Sure. So um, I think it can kind of be different for each person. Like some people just like diving into like a dream dictionary or a symbols dictionary and finding whatever meaning is in there. And that's fine. But I think it can be really empowering to start paying attention to what symbols personally might be actually meaning for you individually. Um, and like you're saying, this can differ from what you might find in another resource. Um, trying to think of a symbol that, so one example of a symbol I would say is a fox. And traditionally, I would assume that a fox would mean um, mischief, crafty, theft, <laughs> um, you know, foxy. Um, and then for me personally, when I see fox, this is something that happened kind of recently. It was at the time that my book released in January. It actually released 10 years to the day of the last day that I saw my sister alive in this world. And so it was a very emotional day um, at the same time that I was really celebrating this book because she's a huge part of this book too. Um, her story and my story, our connection is really woven through it. So I was really um, excited about the book, but very emotional about this anniversary date. And I ended up seeing a fox go through my property, which I've lived here for almost 10 years and I've never seen a fox here before. But fox for me is a very strong symbol of family and also sisterhood because my other sister absolutely loves fox. Um, it's just, it's something that we're always gifting her for her birthday and Christmas and whatever. And then um, my mom has had fox families grow up in her right in her backyard so she would send us videos and pictures and things of these foxes as they would be growing up so um when I saw that it was very much like wow hi to my sister and just um feeling really reassured and inspired that she was still around sure okay. so it and so that makes total sense um, for you. I mean, that, that's what it means when you witness or see a fox, whether in person or in a dream, it represents family. Mm -hmm. But say an individual comes to you and says, I had a dream about a fox. How do you differ? Like, that, can't, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's family, right? It can be right. differently depending on what their situations may be or. Yeah. Yeah. I would, right. I would say, um, I would really ask them to tune in to what that symbol means for them. Okay. When it comes to dreams, I think it's really important for people to tap into their own meaning of, sim of symbology, um, dreams especially. But also, like I know there's people who do dream readings and um, I think when they're giving an interpretation, they're tapping into intuition and they're psychically tapping into the energy of what the symbol might mean for this person. So I think in that way, you can get insight from other people. Um, but for me personally, if I'm not doing a reading and someone asks me that about a dream, I would really encourage them to really sink into that symbol, feel into what that dream felt like and start to try to learn what their own symbology means for that. Okay. So, so then somebody who may be looking through or studying a, a dream interpretation book should take that stuff with a grain of salt and yeah. maybe dig deeper into whatever's happening. Okay. Yeah. 
Yep. And when you are going into like a dream dictionary or something, if it hits for you, like if you read a, a meaning of a symbol and it's like, oh my gosh, wow, I can't believe the synchronicity of like what this is saying and what, you know, you can feel right. it if it, if it feels true for you, it kind of hits you and it's just amazing. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, and I think something that a lot of people try to do too is understand a lot of people don't understand the difference between a dream that's just a dream and a dream that's a communication so they try and look into their dreams thinking it's something that it's really not to do yeah and for me um i think it's a really good starting point if you're paying attention to your dreams and you're kind of writing them down every day after you wake up I think that's a really good starting point for starting your own sim, um, symbol dictionary that you kind of write out in your own journal where you can pick out different symbols that stood out to you in a dream and then go into like a meditation and feel into what that symbol might mean for you. And then you can record that in like a Word document or in a separate journal that you're keeping as your own dictionary. But um, when you're figuring out if you really want to feel into if a, if a dream was a really hardcore message, I feel like emotion comes with it a lot of times where it's just something that is sticking with you during the day. You keep thinking about it. I think those are definitely ones to um, ponder more. Okay. All right, Angela. Well, it is about that time where we usually let our guests go. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you, find your books. The mic's all yours. Okay. Um, well, I can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Angela A. Wicks. And then my website is www.angelaann.wicks.com forward slash arts. And if that's too difficult, you can just Google my name, Angela A. Wicks, <laughs> and then the book, The Secret Psychic. Um, and for anyone who ends up purchasing the book, since we're doing all this, the social distancing and I'm not able to be in person to sign books for people, if you contact me through my website and just let me know you want a signed book plate, send me your name and your address and I'll sign a book plate and I'll mail it out to you so you can stick it on the inside cover of your book and have it signed. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Angela Wicks, thank you for being on Paratruth Radio. Thank you. All right, Angela. Um, we usually drop the show Sundays at 8 so as soon as we have a link, we will send it over to you and to Llewellyn as well. Okay. Thank you again. Yeah. Cool. Thank, thank you, you for being on. It was, it was a good conversation. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You had good questions. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, well, have a good night. It's funny that uh, Eric has been so open to this because when I first started going down the psychic journey, we had both just come back to faith and he was kind of closed off. So I didn't have him to talk to. Now I do talk to him about it. I know he probably doesn't understand it as much as other people <laughs> that I talk to do. Or even my wife, if I'll say something to my wife about it, she understands that I'm having these things happen, but she doesn't understand it. So yeah. I appreciate you coming on and talking about it because 
it's not very often that I have somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. And when you said, um, get out of my head, I think is what you said. That's actually the exact phrase that my husband uses with me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And it was actually the starting point of um, how we started to realize that I hear other people's thoughts was him saying that all the time. And Mm. we started um, trying to map it all out. Like, am I hearing you or are you hearing me? And we started paying more (laughs) attention and it turned out it was me hearing him. So (laughs) it's funny that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we will let you go. Um, But uh, yeah, as soon as we have a link, we will get it over to you. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right, folks, that was Angela Wicks, author of The Secret Psychic. Make sure you go and uh, check the book out. Uh, it's really awesome read. I actually loved reading through it. It was it was really good. Um, but uh, we're coming to our break, so you will hear Eric's Random Fact of the Day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Did you know that the wasabi that we consume in the U.S. probably isn't real wasabi? According to bestlifeonline.com, if you enjoy wasabi with your sushi, you'd probably be surprised to learn that most of the wasabi we consume in the U.S. isn't real wasabi, which is made from the expensive wasabi root, according to the Chicago Tribune. But instead, the wasabi that you're eating is actually white horseradish mixed with ground mustard seeds and green dye. This was Eric's random fact of the day. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Paratooth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we just got off the line with Angela A. Wicks. Uh, we were discussing her book, The Secret Psychic. Uh, you know, and, and it's interesting that over the years, we have met a lot of people who claim to be psychics, but are very secretive of it. You know, they mm. usually only let us know after getting to know us. Um, right. Or knowing our show or something like that. Uh, and even it, for you, you know, in the beginning, I think you, you were kind of hesitant, unsure of exactly what was happening, what you were feeling, uh, what you were hearing. Uh, and it took some time and getting to know several individuals before you finally started to kind of take hold of it and try to mold it, shape it, <laughs> get it, you know, primed and going. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, you're, you're right. Um, you know, it's not something that I fully understand, uh, not to the extent that like Angela is a psychic uh, or how you uh, experience psychic activity. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I know that there are 
different abilities for psychics. And like I'd said, they branch out into different, mm-hmm. you know, many different ways. Um, you know, it, it's psychic is really just a broad term. You know, it's, it's just, it's kind of a psychic is a psychic, but there's all these little meanings in between, you know, these definitions of what exactly that psychic is. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's always fun to have psychics on, um, to talk about this kind of stuff because there are so many people who kind of distance themselves or hide themselves from the public eye. Right. Well, I mean, you and I have talked personally. I, I I'm sure we, we've brought it up with guests who that have books like this about how many people who have ended up in a psychiatric hospital were actually mediums or psychics and told their therapist, Hey, I'm hearing voices, and they ended up in a psychiatric hospital diagnosed with multiple personality disorder or something like that. Not to say that those those diseases aren't out there, but maybe there's a misdiagnosis as well. Sure, and you know, and I, it, it depends on. I think it ultimately depends on the the doctor, psychiatrist, mm-hmm. uh, and their methods, because you know you have psychiatrists who are or psychologists who are very much science based. And then you have practicing psychics who are very much um, metaphysicists, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what we need to do or what people need to do is find a psychologist who kind of practices both or at least understands both sides and willing to say, yes, this is a scientific explanation. And this is what I would tell you is a problem, you know, scientifically, but we should explore this route as well. and even though it's something that isn't necessarily seen as being, I don't know, uh, I guess being characterized as legitimate science, mm. uh, it is still something that can give better understanding of to what's happening and maybe prevent any type of need for medication or something. Right. So we've talked to several psychics, people who've had books about psychic abilities and stuff like that over the past several weeks. Um, has your understanding grown at all about, and, and you've mentioned that you have some sensitivities to whatever you want to call them. Um, has, has your understanding grown at all, or at least gotten a general idea compared to what you knew before? Uh, I mean, I think every every week my uh, understanding and my knowledge of not just psychics, but of anything related to the paranormal just expands. Uh, you know, as you mentioned off air uh, with Angela, you know, the idea of a psychic is something that I was very much opposed to only because of my understanding growing up is that they've always been fake. Uh, and we've seen that right. with like so many individuals who have broadcast their abilities on live TV and things like that. Uh, So it it took time to understand and meet true individuals who do have the ability and can back it up. Uh, Do I still question it? Absolutely. There's always skepticism. There's always going to be skepticism. You know, it's absolutely. Uh, But yeah, you know, and for my own uh, sensitivities, you know, like I wouldn't by any means consider myself quote unquote psychic, 
but well, there may be a branch <laughs> of it, right? Uh, again, my sensitivities tend to be geared toward um, one, intuition, and then two, negative energies. Uh, a friend and I, uh, we went to, which you and I, I don't think you even really talked about, but we went to a witch's museum here in Cleveland, Ohio, a couple of weeks ago. You sent me pictures. We just haven't talked I sent you about pictures. Yeah. yeah, but I think we haven't really had... We're right. off the last two weeks uh, <laughs> from podcasting. So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, we went there and there was this little box. I think it was called the demon in the box. And I, fool, you ain't trapping a demon in a box. <laughs> and I don't think it's possible. I truly don't think it's possible. But nonetheless, despite my skepticism, as I happened to get closer to it, not even acknowledging the fact that I was getting closer, like I was paying attention to other things I was looking at. I started feeling that sensitivity. It was that same sensitivity I told you weeks ago um, that happens in my chest, uh, that right. pressure, that heavy thickness. Uh, and then the headache started. And I realized at that moment when I turned and saw the demon in the box sitting there, I was like, well, damn, maybe there's something more to this. I still don't <laughs> think it was in there, but I think there was a significant amount of energy attached to it. And of course they had it surrounded by salt and then it had a huge crystal, uh, underneath it, I forget what crystal it was, but I know that it was something to help absorb negative energies. Negative energies, yeah. Uh, and I only know that because my friend, the girl that I'm currently dating, uh, happens to be really into gemstones uh, and knew exactly what it was when she saw it and was able to tell me everything about it. So I was like, yeah, makes sense. Uh, so yeah, you know, who knows? But Maybe that's well, that should be a question for you, uh, all, all of our listeners. Do you believe demons can be contained in the boxes and trapped there? What do you right. think? <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear everybody's answer because it, it is interesting. And you, you and I both know that there can be attachments to personal objects or people. We, we've seen sure. it. So maybe it's not trapped in the box, but maybe somehow it's attached. It's gotten an attachment to the box and so these these uh people that own the museum have gone above and beyond to try and keep it it's attached yeah. to that box um yeah it if we can't even have a ghostbusters spirit trap yet i highly doubt some <laughs> which trapped a right. demon in a box not saying it's not possible but I've never heard of it before, so I, I don't right. know. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I would love, maybe we can just look them up online. I would love to have them on as a guest for the show because it would be interesting to just hear the history that they have mm -hmm. in that museum. Um, but, um, so as Eric mentioned, we've been off the past two weeks. Nothing specific, just timing has not been the greatest the past couple of weeks. So I hope you guys have enjoyed all the past episodes we've had. Um, we do still have a copy of Lights, Camera, Action for those that haven't gotten in to try and win the book. We did have somebody win it. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing this name properly. Aisha or Aisha um, Dowdy, Dowdy. They're from Ireland, and 
were so happy that they won a copy of the book. Aisha, I, or Aisha, how do you pronounce your name? I apologize if you're listening right now. Um, please email me or text, uh, message us on the, and let us know if we're completely butchering that. I, I'm completely butchering that name. Um, but uh, we'll be get, getting that sent out shortly, and we do still have one left. Uh, we'll give you guys one more week, and then after that, we'll just be placing that book into the archives for now. Um, but you do guys still have one more week to do that. Um, we did send out our first newsletter, so if you'd be interested in getting a, a, a quarterly newsletter, um, get on to paratruth.com and just uh, uh, subscribe to the website and we'll enter you in to get the newsletter. And um, there was something else I was going to mention. I, I completely forgot it, so oh. we might get to that. Um, any Any other things you can think of what's going on well, with Paratruth or anything like that? I was actually just going to do uh, expand on the newsletter thing because it, yeah. it, it's very, I, I think it's important. It, it's, you know, to get that newsletter, because for those of you who do have it, uh, there is going to be a time during these next several months as we're putting you know these newsletters out uh, that you'll have special opportunities to sweepstakes, to win certain gear uh, stuff of our own, like, you know, t-shirts, mugs, et cetera, books, um, one-on-one discussions with Justin and I, either on air or in private, uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's going to be, these are like exclusive things only going to be available to people with uh, the newsletter who, who get the newsletter. So, and of course, in case you're worried about getting slammed with stuff, again, this is something you're only going to get quarterly uh, so it's not how you're getting basically like four, maybe five newsletters out of the year. Right. Uh, and of course you can always unsubscribe at any time. You know, there's no payment for this or anything like that. So nothing to worry about. Just, I think you should go online and click that button so we can definitely get you, uh, these newsletters and make you a more integrated part of our podcast, become one of us and work with us uh, and learn all the things, the insides and the outs, behind the scenes, all that stuff that you wouldn't normally hear here <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> um, that's a good thing to bring up, though, too. You can unsubscribe from the newsletter at any time if you're getting it. Um, we did have one person who had subscribed to the website but didn't want the newsletter, so they unsubscribed. Totally okay. I. I completely get it i don't want junk mail in my mailbox i wouldn't call our newsletter junk mail but some people might feel that way um this was the other thing i was going to bring up um another thing like eric was talking about you, you might get a chance to win swag or anything like that you'll get a chance to see the sales for our swag through t public um before they hit on uh, every month so for example, this month, March 9th through the 13th, 35% off um, means $13 tees and so much more. So if you are interested in getting some Paratruth swag, go to tpublic.com. You can find the link to our tpublic store on the website. If you just click on store, it'll bring you right there. Um, or you can just search us on tpublic if you're on tpublic. But we've got 
a bunch of our own t-shirts on there. We have shared t-shirts from other people that we thought our listeners might be interested yep. to uh, on there. All freshly um, worn by ourselves. So because they're our own personal t-shirts. That would be really creepy and weird. <laughs> um, but definitely check out TeePublic, uh, our, our store on TeePublic and TeePublic as a whole because there's so much cool stuff on there. Um, but uh, you can get t-shirts, mugs, uh, uh, shopping bags, m- right now masks because we're still in the coronavirus era. Um, anything like that. Um, make sure you're checking out TeePublic. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up because of current events in our history right now, please keep Ukraine in your thoughts and prayers as they are fighting against the regime of Russia right now. Um, it is a very interesting time we're living in right now to see Russia once again trying to uh, use their power, if you will. It's been kind of a long time since we've seen stuff like this going on as far as Russia. So just keep everybody in thoughts and prayers. Um, and uh, everybody stay safe, stay safe in this time. But that is pretty much it for this week. Uh, make sure you're checking out Evergreen Podcasts and KillerPodcasts.com. Uh, we've got some new shows that have popped up on KillerPodcasts.com, and it's just growing. So make sure you get in and not listen to just our show, but all the shows on KillerPodcasts.com as well. But that is pretty much all we've got for this week. Um, next week, we are going to be doing a Down the Rabbit Hole episode. It will also be our St. Patty's Day episode. So we'll get into some St. Patty's Day stuff on oh, top yeah. of... Um, a picture that Eric grabbed while he was on an Uber Eats delivery um, and a couple of cryptids that we haven't really talked about before. So uh, a lot of great stuff coming up for you guys. We've got some new uh, authors coming on with us as well. So until next week, folks, where I promise we will not be absent, you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, I think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no. Right.